You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering. The Anti-Monitor is coming, the Anti-Monitor is coming, the crisis is here, and we are once again meeting you in the Monitor's giant creepy space station as we look down across the multiverse to bring you the second part. Of the second print comics, Crisis on Infinite Earths. This is the second part of the three-part series we are doing covering the Mama Jamma King Daddy of the comic book events. But we can't do it without the Watcher of the Multiverse of Comic Podcasts himself, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Clare. Mark, how goes it? Oh, you know, I'm just observing, Remzo. That's what I do here as the Watcher. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to continue to observe this crisis here, this crisis on infinite Earths that we have so valiantly been breaking down for our listeners here in this crisis month. It's, it's Technically, it's not a whole month. We're doing three weeks of it, but... It's just easier. It rolls off the tie. You know, crisis three weeks just doesn't it just doesn't flow. So I mean, time is a social construct, and when you're just completely wiping out universes and talking about multiversal crossover events, I mean, time could be whatever we want it to be. Time has actually really been messing me up lately because I I. I was in Pacific time a couple of months ago, and then I moved to uh, Central time, which was good because then suddenly we were on the same time, except then you went on vacation to East Coast time. So I was talking to you in East Coast time while I was in Central time. But then I moved back to just for not moved, but for this week, I'm back in Pacific time and I'm talking to people in, in Central time that I was last week talking to them about in, in East Coast time. And it's like. I just so the point is the fact that these characters can keep their wits about them while they are going through multiversal, not just time travel, but multiversal, multidimensional travel. I'm very impressed because I got I get two time zones away and it, it throws me all the way off. Yeah, I mean, with with daylight savings and then with me going back to East Coast time getting just barely adjusted and then coming back here to central, my body just hates me. And, you know, the, the last two nights I, I went to jujitsu and I all I could do was was cardio while I was home and my right foot was injured, too. So it was like, you know, husky guy crippled cardio trying to do cr- trail running. So I'm thinking here I can get some extra sleep. Maybe not. I can get some cardio in. So I've just been like passed around like a t- Taiwanese prostitute the last couple of days. And uh, hopefully by the time we, we get to part three. We'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll be back in the same headspace time wise and everything because uh, people we do this. We do this as an act of love. That's true. 
It's, it's an act of love that yeah. uh, we somehow maintain. No matter what time zone or what multiverse we find ourselves in, we manage to pump it out for you each and every week, uh, as well as behind the paywall of our Patreon, the SBC Patreon, where I, I'm mentioning it at the top because we have a, a couple, well, a couple relatively new shows. Uh, my show uh, is a new one that I, I started doing recently called What Mark Missed, where I go back and look at some stories and arcs and such from my little uh, comic book dark period around 2002. 2003 to 2012, 13, somewhere in there. Um, interestingly enough, when I came out of that dark period, one of the first stories that I read was Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. It was a story everybody was talking about. I dove into that one, and that is a big inspiration uh, in many, many ways for the Hawkeye TV series, which I am doing recaps of um, for the SPC patrons, along with our friend Caleb Franz. And, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it too much, but let's just say we're enjoying it. We're enjoying it. I'm I'm looking forward to listening to it. You guys cover the first three episodes of of uh, Hawkeye so far. They released two on premiere day on Thanksgiving, and they released one today at, as of the time of recording. So I'm listening. I'm looking forward to listening to that. Speaking of which, Mark, I I, I want to go ahead and rant just for a moment. Uh, because I want to speak directly to the fans. That's right. Pull over, kick your kids out, tell your wife to go ahead and you know do what wives do. Uh, tell your boss. He can fucking wait for a moment because I want to go ahead and give a special plug. And it's a plug for ourselves. And by ourselves, I mean you, Mark. I also mean me. Uh, folks, we do this as an act of love. We do this between work. We do this while we're traveling. I've recorded in cars, hotels. I've recorded on the floor of my empty apartment. Mark has been traveling literally between countries, um, also finding time to record. And we do this in the in the like the butt crack of dawn, and we do this late into the night, and we record the bonus stuff, and we ha- each have other shows. What I'm trying to get at is everything we do here we do because we genuinely enjoy it and because we're trying to build a community we're trying to build a fun show that we can go ahead and uh, build upon because we get to do so many awesome things together and recently I've had the pleasure of getting to work one-on-one because as some of you also know I, I do podcast consultations and coaching I had a call about a week ago with somebody over zoom and I met uh, another client in Virginia when I was down there and we got breakfast and uh, um, you know, after this show, I'm going to go uh, back into my little office, a.k.a. my bedroom, and I'm going to go ahead and work for another three hours on client work because on days like today, I went to work. I have a nine to five. Uh, I went to my jujitsu class, which I do four to five days a week. And now we're recording this show, which will take however long. It depends on when I shut up. And then I'm going back to work. And this is pretty much an average day for me. I even work six hours on Sunday on my side business with, with that to say, uh, a lot of you reach out to Mark and I individually, and you're wanting to work on shows, you want to go ahead and work on other projects, you want to be a content creator, and some of you hesitate. And what I'm basically telling you right now is that if you want to do something, whether it's even similar to us, just do it, because the world is a giant place. And if you don't do what you're passionate about, whether you succeed or not, the only person you're ultimately going to disappoint is you. Now, I I met somebody... um, 
the other day who I'm, I'm working acquaintances with, and he obviously didn't know that I'm motherfucking Remsen Martinez because <laughs> I messed up on something slight and he decided to go ahead and get a little bit snarky with me. And he insinuated that I was lazy. Now I could have well, verbally assaulted this man and, uh, you know, it, it bothered me for a little bit, I'll be honest. But, you know, in moments like this, it's like, I'm the biggest winner. I'm not trying to bring a pity party, but what I am trying to basically say is that, the only people who you have to report to at the end of the day are you. The only people that you have to, you know, keep your promises to is ultimately you. You know the truth. You know what you've given to the world. And on episodes like this, for crisis level events like this, we do it because we hustle. We do it because we're not just answering to us. We're also answering to you. We want to go ahead and create a great show. And we want you to relax and have a great time and hang out with the awesome Second Print Comics community. So as we go into the holidays, as we go on to this crisis event, as we've been doing, I just want to say thank you to all of you who subscribe and share the show. Thank you to all of those who um, are a part of our Patreon program, whether you're the $5 folks or the $50 level folks. All of you are making this great. All of you motivate us. All of you are winners. And I know that because I like to think that I am a winner. I know that Mark is a winner. We're all freaking winners because we're awesome. And if we don't tell ourselves that, no one else in the world will. So let me give an opportunity for all of you go do that thing you want go start that thing you want and have some fun in the process it'll be tough but it's always worth it this message was brought to you by the second print comics association to teach puerto rican children to read thank you words are complicated (laughs) words are complicated they're easier with pictures (laughs) secondprintcomics.com that's our new commercial just those four seconds but uh yes that needless to say remzo is certainly not lazy and uh neither are if either of us were lazy we probably would not have done this show each and every week without missing a week one time in almost a year and a half at this point because no matter what situation we're in no matter what we've got going on we have made a commitment uh for better or for worse sometimes i wonder if it's for worse but it's mostly for better we love you guys uh we make sure we show up each and every week uh because we want you guys to show up each and every week we want we're we are building a community here and the community aspect of this is it's the entire reason for podcasting ultimately if you're if you're not if you're podcasting for any other reason other than to build a community and find your people then you're doing it for the wrong reasons so we hope we're doing it for the right reasons uh, and that's why we work hard to show up for you right here each and every wednesday that's why we, we dive help, motherfuckers yes we need to quit our job so we can just do this <laughs> this all is a really long way for us to say <laughs> give us money please <laughs> and you'll get even more content it is actually true we're, we are actually over three hundred dollars a month right now on patreon and we do have a goal uh to at 500 we haven't talked about it much but now that we're more than halfway there uh we we did pledge to start rotating in some interviews of people in the uh, comic book industry uh once we hit that mark so if you actually want to hear mark i'm a mark me why am i talking to third person if you actually want to hear myself and remzo uh do some interviews and you know dive a little bit more into the comic book industry uh as we do in other facets of the podcasting world we are both astute interviewers if i do say so myself uh well then you know what to do and i'll I'll leave it at that that was a nice 10 minute commercial for for forgiveusmoney.com slash second print pod Let's give the people what they want now. Last week, we went ahead and covered issues one through four of a crisis. We basically got to understand who the main players are, the monitor, the anti-monitor, Elijah, and Psycho 7,000 other characters. <laughs> and 7,000 other... I, I'm, I've still been thinking about Ghost Tank the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is, is Ghost Tank one of those like characters that just is uh, public domain now? Because like I know there was a lot of characters like Eric, Eric Larson started using some of these characters from the 30s because they just they just um, expired, like their ownership expired. So I wonder if the Ghost Tank falls into that my time. my father collected a. Uh, Ghost Tank limited series like in 2008 that was published I think by Dark Horse Comics and it went from you know when, when DC when DC Comics owned it it went from being kind of like you know just a regular wartime soldier comic to being like it, so this Ghost Tank it was a reboot it took place in Iraq and uh, the, the 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 lead gunner on the tank was was this black dude and apparently he thinks that this this the ghost in this tank, this Confederate general, keeps saying they're related somehow. Was it still a Confederate general in, in Iraq? It, it's still it's still a Confederate general. I don't know how it <laughs> happened. I don't really remember much, but I do. But I, I, I can picture Will Smith like, in this movie, in this movie as the as the tanky. I was so, already, okay. So I, so actually. It's it's funny you say that. I'll, I'll spoil this about Ghost brother? Tank in the final. So in the final issue, you find out how this black dude and this Confederate general, who's a ghost haunting this tank, are related. <laughs> and long story short, this black dude. Ra- I'm sorry, this Confederate general raped uh, a black slave right did. before the Civil War started. So basically, that sent his DNA through the ages. Mm-hmm. And at one point, because this guy, this the soldier, is connected to this Confederate general who haunts the tank. He has the ability to hit him. So in like one of the last panels, you see the main character punch out the freaking Confederate general ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it ends after he finally tells him. I want to read He's this. He's like, series. yeah, I'm your great, great, great grandpappy. And next thing you know, the guy's like, huh, thank you for finally telling me. And he punches him out and the, the, the comic just ends. That's fantastic. That's it's it's fantastic. so that that comic could not be made now. Well, maybe it, maybe it could. It's asking to be revived. It's asking to be. No, I, it can be. It will be. You got to set your. You got to visualize your your goals here. Like, all right, we, gotta you got to exactly. You got to start living in a world where we are going to revive Ghost Tank, and you just start living in that world now, and the rest is going to fall into place. So, of all of all the <laughs> of all the stories that we could revive, we're going to choose the one that would trigger everybody. <laughs> the, the, the one that will absolutely get us uh, in the most trouble, but also. What does is, what is trouble get you? Trouble gets you attention, Remzo. So, I mean, it's the fastest way. It may be the fastest way to the top. Can you imagine the pitch meeting for that? It's like, so everyone loves comic books now, right? And you know what they also like? They like ghosts and tanks. So what if we and you know what they also the like the Confederacy. all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like Confederate ghosts who haunt tanks, we've got the revival for you. I think it should be a live action movie. <laughs> Probably not a Disney Plus directed Disney Plus deal, but there's something here. No, this has Netflix written all over it. There, there's something here. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, the one that when we hit a thousand dollars on Patreon, we will be producing a revival of Ghost Tank. Uh, we don't know how or or in what medium, but uh, it's going to happen. That's all I can say. If you want to see it, people, this is how it happens. If not in this universe, then some version of some some version of us in some multiverse is, is actually doing it. That I'm sure. You think if we just started another character who happened to be a ghost who was a Confederate general, maybe we could have Put him, him, in a him bike haunt or like something? a helicopter, like, <laughs> like a helicopter. What about a scooter, like a, one of those birds? Scooters, you know those, those scooters that you just need an app to sign up for and grab on the street. Do you guys have it, it needs it needs more it needs more destruction destruction. Okay, well, we'll work on it. Like a helicopter or an airplane. Right, we'll, we'll workshop this one off air, maybe. Yeah, the Confederate ghost can wait if, if you got a few a few extra hours after the show. 
Uh, but anyway. Anyway. Now we are going to hop back into another multiverse, this being the multiverse of the DC universe, at least what's left of it, because here going into issue five, um, it's kind of confusing, but essentially we are down to what amounts to five Earths or five universes. Uh, Earth one and two have been sort of like combined and saved by the monitor, uh, but prior to his death, um, which uh, occurred in the last issue when uh, Lila or Harbinger, I should say, because Harbinger is not the same as Lila. Um, and th- this is one episode, by the way, we will we'll usually reference other episodes and say you might want to go listen to this one first or that one first. Uh, this one, you really, really do need to go to listen to the last episode uh, before this one. So just if you have not heard last issue, you'll, uh, last issue, man. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Motherfucker. 72 episodes in and I'm still confusing episodes and issues. That's part of the charm though, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I do recommend highly going back to last episode uh, where we do talk about the very first four issues of Crisis and Infinite Earths. I did it that time. I did it exactly right. Um, that being said, because we do cover everything here. So I'm just going to reference thing that w- things that we reference as if you know what's going on. And if you don't, that's either on you or on us for not explaining it properly in the last uh, episode. So I'll let you, get to, you decide. Uh, that being said, the monitor is uh, anti-monitor, I should say, is very confused because while the first two prime Earths are gone, he isn't feeling more powerful. He didn't absorb like because basically how the anti-monitor works is ha- as the anti-matter that he controls uh, destroys universes. They basically get absorbed into him or he takes the place of them with his anti-matter um, throughout the multiverse. Uh, so but this time when these two first prime Earths uh, basically disappeared or died or supposedly did but didn't really then um that he didn't feel that power like you know come into him so he's a little bit confused uh and uh so meanwhile we have psycho pirate wondering what's going on that's basically what his his relationship with the monitor or the anti-monitor i should say uh this entire series he's always just kind of begging him to know what's going on begging him to uh be able to go and do his whole thing beggaring him to be able to control emotions etc 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 he's always he's always pretty much whining that psycho pirate uh and um anti-monitor basically just tells him to shut the fuck up (laughs) and get in line because uh he's the boss and uh that's pretty much pretty much how it goes uh so uh, tornado a red tornado has also been captured at this point by the anti-monitor to be used for something we're not exactly sure what at this point um, but yeah, there are, there are now, as far as they know, these other three universes left, which I think is like earth S earth four and earth X. If, I, if I'm keeping track properly at this point, uh, Lila, Lila then shows up and, uh, she is shocked by the monitor's death. Why? Because it was Harbinger, not Lila that actually killed the monitor. As I, I said, I wasn't going to explain it again, but I'll try to explain it again. Harbinger is the combination of all the Lilas from, from throughout the multiverse. And when they come into each other, they are Harbinger. Harbinger was being controlled by the anti-monitor. Uh, so, Har- so Lila, this version of Lila, but as Harbinger uh, killed Monitor in the last issue or the last episode. Those are both correct uh, in, in this circumstance, by the way. Yeah, so she's shocked by the monitor's death because it was like her, it was Harbinger that did it. So it wasn't like actually her remembering it, essentially, even though she kind of does. It's kind of confusing how the whole Lila Harbinger thing works or whatever. Uh, but the heart of the monitor died, um, but his body lived like or his energy is still alive, basically. And his energy is what's keeping everything from going, um, getting being consumed by the antimatter and being absorbed by the anti monitor. Are we keeping track here? Um, so what happened here is the anti 
basically before the monitor died, he created something called a netherverse to absorb Earth one and two. So instead of those or those universes, which are always referred to as Earths, with all, which always drives me crazy, uh, instead of those universes just being destroyed and consumed by the antimatter and, and being absorbed by the anti-monitor, they're still alive. They've been saved. And it was basically the monitor's last act before uh, Harbinger, who was being controlled by the anti-monitor, killed him. And that's where we are right now. Uh, Remzo, any questions before we go further here? Nah, let's get weird. <laughs> All right. I also have my notes. Oh, and Alexander Luther is an adult in a yellow outfit now. Uh, he looks absolutely ridiculous uh, with his with his big red hair and his. <laughs> Why is it when when all the Luthers have hair, they're suddenly good people. But when they're bald, they're they're evil. Uh, as you as you yourself opined in the last episode. We don't trust Never the balds. Never trust the balds. We don't trust the balds. And we don't, <laughs> and we don't talk to the balds unless they send us money. That, that is our rule. That is our, our steadfast rule. Uh, but um, yeah, Alexander Luther looks just absolutely ridiculous. I don't know why they didn't even decide, consider the idea of, um, you know, making him look cooler or making him look anything but lame and ridiculous. But for whatever reason, the decision was made to make him look absolutely lame and ridiculous. Um, so, uh, basically like Alexander Luther, Pariah and Lila are all, um, you know, kind of standing around, uh, upset about the death of the monitor and they decide, you know what, well, we're going to, the only way to show our love, our true love for the monitor, the guy that meant so much to us, especially Alexander Luther, who only knew him for about 12 hours and was being experimented on in a freaking bubble the whole time. Uh, but still, he still feels love for the monitor. Uh, he, they, the only way they can show their love properly is to save the damn universe. And that is exactly what they plan to do. Uh, meanwhile, Psycho Pirate is still kind of complaining at the monitor, anti-monitor, who we still haven't seen, by the way. I, I'm referring to the anti-monitor, but we actually, that's just because I know this story and we know where this goes. We haven't actually fully been told everything about the anti-monitor or even that it's called that at this point, I don't believe. Uh, we just know that there's this other villain in the background kind of controlling things. He's kind of like the loan officer still monitoring all y'all's student debt. You know he's there. You just don't know what he or she looks like. <laughs> exactly. Um, but they're ruining your life but, but either in, way. Yeah, but they are in the background slowly ruining your life. Um, and uh, we, we then see a little like a montage of reporting. We see uh, Lana Lang reporting on uh, dinosaurs and such uh, showing up in, uh, in in Metropolis, which is, you know, probably a newsworthy item, I would suppose. Um, we also see uh, we see basically this really crazy two page. Uh, again, this is just this is where George Perez just excels so much at these crazy spreads where you see so many heroes and so much detailing you can this is like where's waldo you can name a hero and you can you could eventually find them somewhere in this photo it's it's absolutely in this photo in this in this uh, drawing it's absolutely crazy we uh we, we we talked about it a bit last time but we were talking about the difference between what he did for secret wars and then what he did for crisis on infinite earths and we actually covered a lot of this in the um Infinity Gauntlet episode because I just realized where I'm seeing a lot of similarities in the way that he draws a lot of these landscapes and stuff. The the way he draws this is almost exactly like how he drew uh, Infinity Gauntlet with all the Marvel characters. So I mean, when you let George Perez just go wild, he always delivers. Exactly. This is absolute vintage George Perez. Um, meanwhile, just before this, actually, uh, the, back at the uh, Anti Monitors satellite where Psycho Pirate and Red Tornado were hanging out. 
the Flash just showed up and had, had no idea what's going on still. Uh, Flash doesn't exactly know what's going on. He just knows that he's like basically flying through t- time and flying through the multiverse. And basically uh, he's like, uh, yeah, he, he's kind of like pariah at this point. He's actually just appearing in random places. Um, he, he doesn't really control what's going on. He just knows that some shit, some bad shit's happening and he's really trying to stop it. Um, but, uh, we then see, yeah, we have this crazy two page hero split bread. Then we go, uh, to Lois Lane, a little reporting montage from Lois Lane on still more of the craziness that is happening here, uh, with just, you know, everything's just out of time. Random creatures are appearing in random places. Uh, dinosaurs appearing in cities, futuristic cities appearing in the, in the past, uh, all this happening on all of the, uh, various different, different earths while our main heroes are on the monitor satellite, just trying to, you know, strategize and figure out what they're going to do. Uh, and in the end, and it turns out that basically the monitor tried to merge Earth one and two, but instead we got this was a little confusing to me as this whole thing can be. But Alexander says that the monitor tried to merge Earth's one and two, but instead we got basically like infinite universes. Um, but but also somehow we're left with five. So I, I, it's it's really confusing some of this stuff to me. Cause, yeah, he because Alex he says that, yeah he the says mo- the antsy monitor's doing kind of a lazy job. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i, I this this because it says we sp- we were split into and I, i'm gonna read this a uh, word for word see if you can help me make make sense of this he's um alexander luther says to escape the enemy's antimatter attack the monitor began the process of merging the universes into one as it was intended to be but somehow at the dawn of time we were split into an infinite number of universes okay so i think I think this is like a, what happened ages it's ago. It's a it's a it's a juxtaposition to basically say that you can't merge two Earths together because then it messes with the flow of time. Yeah, that I get. So they either need to stay split and stay totally separate or they need to be merged into one because they're not going to be able to coexist on top of each other. OK, remember, <laughs> and this is going to get well, very well, actually, remember at the end of Death Metal. Right before Infinite Frontier, what Wonder Woman is told by the omnipotent version of herself fighting um, the, uh, the the dark Batman who laughs, that guy. Basically, when she goes ahead and realigns the multiverse, everyone will remember everything that ever happened. Yeah. So everything that ever happened from every multiverse will be stored. That in would be too much. People. Yeah, and it's one of those situations where it's like it, it's, and we see this in Infinite Frontier. It's causing some people kind of lose their shit. Mm-hmm. And it's making not a lot of sense on other things, but in this case, by merging just those couple of planets, it didn't realign the timeline. So you can't just merge two completely different worlds together because that completely destroys the flow of events. That's why you have like dinosaurs showing up in in like you know Metropolis and stuff like that because when he you did it you didn't do it cleanly and now everything is really jacked up that might be the best explanation so far at least on these last two episodes why why mark why because Because comics comics because comics indeed um so these characters are finding out like you know different weird stuff about each other like like while alexander luther is still giving this big speech about what's going on and what what 
what you know finally he addresses the planet thing he says earth one and earth two are not the only planets affected every planet in both universes is doomed without your help like thank god someone finally acknowledges this isn't just about fucking earth that each i don't know why i guess it's too hard to say universe universe one and universe two it's just either easier to base this all around earth i guess uh but obviously this is happening Fuck the universe <laughs> earth is, first this is happening across the universe to all versions of all planets in all these universes i suppose and uh green arrow is like oh there's the that, there's that planet Ram. That's where or Ron. That's where Adam Strange lives. And uh, Hawk Girl is like Ron. This is Adam Strange. Who are they? And she's like, What? You never heard of them, Hawk Girl? This is uh, the the Hawks from and, and then they're like, Oh yeah, the, yeah, Errol, the Hawks from Earth Two aren't from space like our Hawks. So basically, in Earth Two, uh, the Hawk Hawk Girl and Hawk Boy and Hawk Man or whatever the fuck are 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 not aliens from the old original earth one they're aliens they have completely different origins is the whole point and this is like part of this is just an example of what dc was trying to clean up what marvel was trying to clean up because readers would read one character appear in one book and they'd have one origin and they'd read another character in another book and it might even be the same character and have a different origin and sometimes these different versions would just appear in other books and be like oh yeah i'm this one from earth two and like they would openly acknowledge that i just popped over across the you know across the multiverse because why not? Because it's comics, because comics, because we can do that. Um, but that was so confusing. Not that this isn't confusing, but this is a very confusing way to try to explain away all of the confusing continuity stuff throughout all the all the decades and decades and decades of this nonsense. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, the multiverse is exhausting, Rimzo. Absolutely exhausting. Oh, take a breath. Take a breath. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Alexander Luther is continuing uh, to give this whole uh, speech uh, to everybody, to all the collected heroes. Another little twist here is uh, that uh, John Stewart discovers that his ring does not work. His Green Lantern ring doesn't work. Um, and uh, also Pariah is there and he is just pleading to be listened to because he has seen some shit and he has seen all sorts of shit. He has seen the deaths of universes and much, much, much more. Um, Alexander Luther says that that um, they're basically they're going to send. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going to send everyone back to their Earths so that they can talk and decide about if they're going to join this plan. Like he's not even just like, let's do it. He's like, all right, go out and huddle, <laughs> go figure some shit out and then get back to me. And before he can even say anything uh, old Superman, I want to call him Kingdom Come Superman because he has the, the old sides, but he's not. He's just Earth to Superman. I, I guess he is. Uh, he is the first one. And he just says, yeah, we, we I don't have anything to think about. Let's I, I'm in. I'm fucking OG Superman. Come on, I'm in, bitch. Uh, meanwhile, there are a bunch of Green Lanterns are showing up at OA to figure out uh, what the hell is going on. And as they are there to figure out what's going on, uh, the Guardians show up. The Guardians. Uh, Remzo, what can you tell me about the Guardians of OA? The Guardians of OA are these uh, eternal little little blue people who basically wanted to police the universe. Why? Because uh, big worlds were going after little worlds and people weren't playing fair. So what they thought was, you know what, let's go ahead and create a police force that acts fairly and we'll go ahead and assign each of these space cops to go ahead and protect a planet from people that would do it harm. Now, they can't interfere in the politics of that planet, but they can, they can go ahead and block other planets 
planets were messing with each other. So it was basically a neutral ground. What they first tried doing was they tried creating these things called the Manhunters. Basically, robots suck, and they ultimately tried to just kill everything. So they were like, you know what? We probably shouldn't just go ahead and automate this. Cough, cough, McDonald's. And instead, what they found was this giant green source of energy that was powered by willpower. Why? Because it sounds good in the story. And then from there, they went ahead and cast out these rings made from the heart of that giant green lantern thingy and it shot out to people across the universe selecting people based off their hearts willingness to fight the good fight and the green lantern core was born and that was the origin of the guardians and green lanterns in two minutes or less by remso w martinez now available on audiobook do not automate the cops <laughs> That's actually the title of it. We'll just put it. We'll just release a, an audio track with that title, and then it's just it's you explaining that for two minutes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, moving on. Uh, next up, Superman is abusing a saber toothed tiger. <laughs> Be- because that happens. Yeah, because that is happening. I mean, this is a poor defenseless animal. I mean, not defenseless. They have very large uh, saber tooth, and they are, it was about to eat a, a a young woman. So fair enough. A young woman. It was Lois, actually. Yeah, the saber toothed tiger was about to eat Lois. Eat Lois. Eat, eat Lois. Because uh, it was just because you know prehistoric creatures, dinosaurs, etc., are disappearing in random time periods on random Earths, and they are back at Earth One, where they're I guess gonna. Keep talking about whether they're all going to join, even though old Superman said he's already going to. Uh, And then uh, so this is where that the Superman meet each other. Young Superman of Earth one meets old Superman of Earth two. And I wrote Lois is just right here in the middle of a Superman sandwich. She must just be she's she's loving things right now. She got two Clarks. She had the old. They would they would crush her alive. She's got the old grizzled Clark. She's got the old grizzled Clark and the, uh, you know, the new younger model of Clark. So you got she got so much to choose from here. This old this Lois here Um, basically. But um, all, all time is like just merging together, which is always fun. Uh, we also meet Red Star, Russia's only superhero. Let's give this one a whirl. Remzo, what can you tell me about Red Star? He's a communist. Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, that's all we hear about him. He, he does not matter. He is a communist and therefore does not matter. Uh, I also uh, typed here in my notes that Killer Frost is a bitch again, apparently because Psycho Pirate, uh, his his powers, he, he was like overusing his powers and whatever happened with the, you know, with the, the monitor dying and and the anti-monitor, whatever. We don't really know. But basically Psycho Pirate's powers are, are wearing off and that is what was making uh, if you'll remember, Killer Fla- Frost be in love with Firestorm. Uh, but that is wearing off, so now Killer Frost is back to kind of being a villainous bitch, which actually uh, Firestorm is happy about because he, he was getting sick of... I don't know why he was so opposed to, to Killer Frost being all sweet with him, you know? Take take advantage of... I'm not saying take advantage of the situation. I'm just saying. Enjoy it. Enjoy don't it. take advantage of supervillain chicks who are psychically roofied. Yeah. I, I, yeah I, I, by take advantage, I just mean enjoy the, enjoy the calm. I guess it wasn't calm. It wasn't peaceful. I'm digging a hole here. This is like when I defended the drug. It dealers. was kind of tumultuous. <laughs> it was quite tumultuous. Um, so there's also this thing that I really didn't understand, like which can describe a lot of things going on here. Where Flash is is back where um, where Psycho Pirate is is, is is being held along with Red Tornado, and something happens to Red Tornado where he's like, "What are you doing to me?" And uh, and Psycho Pirate's like, "I can instill fear within him and 
and the voice from the from off the screen, which is the anti monitor, says like, um, "No, shut the fuck up. He's a robot, basically. Like, like just let this thing happen. I'm doing this on purpose." And yet, yeah, Red Tornado goes through some kind of transformation. It's not exactly clear what happens, but Flash is absolutely horrified by it, uh, whatever it may be. Um, back on Earth 2, we meet David and Phyllis Gerald. I don't know why I put that in my, in my notes, but just, there's this old couple who are horrified by our arguing and are horrified by, about what's going on. And okay, oh, because it's okay, I see why, because this is uh, an example of why they're, um, it's like their daughter, but it's not their daughter. It's her Earth One counterpart. So it's like a different version of their daughter. So I guess that was just the point of that was to show just why, how regular people are being affected by this weird, you know, multiversal swapping of worlds and merging as worlds. It's not just the heroes that it's affecting. Like, I, why are these guys just really sent back to the Earth to really just think about whether they want to do Alexander Luther's plan? Like, it seems like this is, they should just decide. Like, this shit is I happening. I mean, this guy has hair. They should trust Have him. you seen this man's beautiful? Beautiful, glorious red uh, permed hair, my lord. Um, so now, Red Tornado, whatever happened to him, it sent it turned into this well giant tornado, and he is on a rampage on uh, Earth One, and he is battling with some some random heroes like Doctor Fate and uh, Power Girl uh, and others like Zatanna, Thunderbolt, Santan the Sorcerer. Let's give this one a whirl. Is it uh, was it Satan? Sargon, sorry. It's uh, Sargon the Sorcerer. Let's try this one, Remzo. What can you tell me about Sargon the Sorcerer? Somebody got lazy, and when they (laughs) couldn't create their own Doctor Fate, they created this dude. But there's also... And he's fighting a real Doctor Fate. Now, this guy is... This guy's like a... I don't know what he is. He's just a magician, basically. He's not... Like, I I always got confused about him, because I thought he was Zatanna's dad. Oh, maybe he is. Zatanna's dad is dead at this point in Earth-1. And he's just some other dude that they brought in. He's like Bloodstorm. Remember him? Remember Bloodstorm from way back? What was Bloodstorm, man? It's, it sounds familiar. Bloodwind? Bloodwind. No, Bloodwind is the guy, yeah. Bloodwind. Blood yeah, Wind. Bloodwind. Remember Bloodwind from Death Superman? Yeah, nobody fucking remembers him. Just like no one fucking remembers this guy. I do, but I'm different. We're exceptions to the rules here. You are different. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, they're, like, shooting stuff at Red Tornado, and somebody was, uh, who, who said it? I think it was, I'm not exactly sure, because there's so much dialogue here, but someone was like, uh, hey, you might hurt him, and they're like, uh, who ca- oh, yeah, who cares? It was, uh, I, can't, I actually can't even tell who it is. I think it's, I think it might be Cheetah, or it's someone in a Cheetah costume, um, and they're like, yeah. Wh- Red Tornado's been, he, the, the reason why he's doing this is because he was basically, like, reprogrammed by psycho pirate and the anti-monitor gotcha. right yeah that's yeah. why he's doing yeah this. they just did yeah. they did something to him and it, it made him go crazy yeah like he's not this even this is why you don't him. automate your superheroes this is another so this is made into super villains <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by manual labor <laughs> whatever you do do not automate anything work hard especially if they're children doing it anyway moving along uh so yeah he's gone on this rampage and um i it, it's again i can't exactly tell who says it but it's they say who cares he's only he's only a robot they're like oh like something like uh who knows how all this stuff is going to affect him he like so, like they're like <laughs> i just think it's hilarious that they don't this one i can't tell like there's literally too many characters here and i can't tell where the dialogue is coming from because there's like four characters it could be from so i'm not even sure who says it and i don't even i don't even recognize the characters anyway if i didn't know because they're this is the one event even more so than like infinity gauntlet infinity war whatever there are just too many characters to really keep track of uh it's out of control 
I also put in my notes here that... That's why he's <laughs> trying his best to kill as many of them. Yeah, we also have... I'm not sure why there's only one Lois, what the other Lois is doing. Is the other Lois from Earth 2 dead, maybe, or something? Or is she not in the picture? No, she's just really old. Oh, she's just really old, yeah. So why would old Superman want to hang out with her when, he got, when he's got, <laughs> got a fresh new young Lois to hang out with, even if even if young Clark has to be around whatever. I guess that's the price Yeah, just, just, just jump between different Earths and get younger versions <laughs> of your yeah. hot partner. I'm going to keep going to the Earth where my wife is as young as possible um so yeah um back on the satellite alexander is explaining more things to them so i don't get did some of them not go to the other earths to, to huddle and some didn't it, it's actually kind of confusing to me but he's talking to a small group of heroes which seems to include hawkman the new japanese female dr light um what starfire is that is that the name of the, that yellow alien one starfire yeah. yeah, Darfur the yellow building, amongst others. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's basically explaining that they have to save five universes to save the inf- infinite to save the infinite Earths so that they can restore us to one universe. You got that? They have to save five universes. So it's I think it's Earth one, Earth two. Uh, Earth X, Earth S, and Earth 4. I believe those are this the five. This is some left. common core math. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know why some Earths are, are labeled numbers and some are labeled letters, but that's what's going on. So yeah, so I believe the, those are the, the Earths remaining. Um, yeah, and, and um, while, uh, so yeah, so, so, but the ultimate goal, the, the reason they're going to save five universes is so they can go back to having the one universe and go back to that. So it's, it's still, again, kind of confusing to me every time Alexander Luther explains everything. And why does he know everything? Like, he's just, this kid was a baby a day ago. Because he like, has hair, Mark. <laughs> he's a Luther with hair. Hair is the connection to knowledge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I don't get why he is the one to explain everything. Like, it's like he just absorbed all the knowledge from the monitor when he died. I guess that's what I'll tell myself. Uh, just to Yeah, because comics. Yeah, because comics. There we go. Uh, yeah, so uh, while th- while he's there explaining the stuff, there is uh, an attack on the anti-monitors satellite, or um, the, the monitor satellite, I should say, while they're all here. Um, while this is all going down, uh, Flash is in the this uh, this room uh, with the psycho pirate, and he is and he's hearing this voice. So like. And there's, this is the first time we get a, a reference about of Darkseid from here too. Uh, while Antimonder's talking to um, to a Psycho Pirate, um, Psycho Pirate says like you said there were three universes left, but I thought you said something about an apocalypse. What about that? So apocalypse is like this weird thing too. Um, in Mar- in the DC Comics universe, it kind of lives outside of time and outside of the multiverse. So and, and believe me, correct me if I'm wrong, Rosa, but there's like only one version of apocalypse. Just like there's only one version of Oa, there's only one version of apocalypse, and there's only one version of Dark side there's not like there's not like multi multiversal versions of dark side there's just one dark side um so yeah just in, dark, just dark dark side transcends the multiverse yes, as did the monitor and anti-monitor essentially Be- because dark side is a being of such pure evil that he's almost in, in this position of godhood so he can't be like created that's why he could rarely even be killed so yeah and that is uh and then we actually finally get because the flash calls him out he's like show yourself he's like all right i I see no reason i should deny you that privilege and we finally get to see this big i would say he kind of he definitely looks badass compared to the monitor who looks like who looked absolutely ridiculous um he kind of looks badass he kind of has this skull in these in this like big robot suit and these basically two two big bright stars inside his eyes and it looks pretty badass and yeah so this this point this is the anti-monitor he's calling himself the monitor here so basically this is like the 
this is of the version of the anti-monitor that at this point, I believe, has kind of like absorbed whatever whatever energy of the monitor into himself. And as far as he's concerned, he is the monitor. But this is the anti-monitor. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. It's because comics, essentially. Um, but I do put that it, yeah. it, he does kind of look badass in his emergency or his initial emergency. Uh, we then see. So now we're going to see like the, the currently remaining Earths. Uh, one is Earth X. Now, Earth X is the home of the freedom fighters, including Dollman, Phantom Lady, the human bomb, the Ray and Uncle Sam. Remzo, you don't have to tell me anything about the freedom fighters unless you want to. They're basically a team of superheroes on an Earth where World War Two never ended. Yes. That's exactly right. And they don't really matter. They do not. Ish, kind of. Yeah, but they, we just get a glimpse of them and get a glimpse of it being one of those last five universes left is starting to uh, disappear as we end this issue. It was kind of weird. It kind of felt like we should have ended with that with that big reveal of the anti-monitor, but then there was just like that random two more pages t- telling us about EarthX, and then the issue ended. So I thought that was kind of strange pacing-wise, but otherwise... We move on to issue six. Issue six picks off. I mean, picks up right where things left off. The flash is freaking out. The psycho pirate is wondering whether he's going to get his big promise from the monitor, which basically involves him becoming more strong, more psycho piratey as things go along. And as the anti monitor comes in, like something between like a, Egyptian god and Darth Vader. He is definitely uh, a, a scary mofo. He comes in and he's just loving what's going on. He's like, the monitor is dead. Now his satellite headquarters and his superpowered champion shall die with him. And the psycho pirate is pleading because he's like, come on, man. I did everything I was supposed to do, man. Come on. You need to go ahead and increase my powers. That way I can help you go ahead and take everyone down. And uh, at this point, you know, the anti-monitor is like, yeah, you know, you're, you're actually right about that. I should do that. So what he does is he grabs Psycho Pirate and he begins increasing his power. So that way he could use his power of controlling emotions to bring him to his final victory. And we just see Psycho Pirate going absolutely mad. Uh, meanwhile, on this on uh, on this other planet. I think it's the the planet Zal. It's um, it's a uh, Starfire's planet. Every everyone, no, it's not. Okay, it's a planet. I forget who's coming from where. But no, anyway, this is this, um, place is, this is that fu- satellite. This is the Mondor's old satellite. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Zal. It's like it's like uh, what's her name saying shit like or God or whatever. Basically, the satellite's just getting completely fucked up by everything, and all the heroes got to go. We've got Black Canary, we've got Wonder Woman, we've got Supergirl. Everyone is freaking out. And at this point, um, you know, you've still got Pariah. I feel bad for Pariah. He doesn't really have a role other than just to be the guy who's like the ultimate Kenny in the South Park equation. He's like, oh no, I'm disappearing again. That means there's a greater danger elsewhere. I'm drawn to disaster forced to helplessly watch as untold millions perish. God, he talks so freaking much for a guy who's so sad. Pretty much so all he does point, is show Alexander- up and whine and talk and cry and disappear. That's yeah, so at this point, um, you know, Alexander Luther's trying to go ahead and, uh, you know, get them out of there. But that's when Elijah turns back into Harbinger. And as he goes ahead and gets into the cockpit of this falling satellite, she walks behind him and she's like, Alexander. And he's like, Harbinger, come on, leave me alone. I got to go ahead and make my final computations and blah, 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 blah. So Harbinger's like, yeah, no, not happening today. So she blasts the dude in the side of the face and everyone is just kind of like, uh... What just happened? 
And she walks over and she's just like, now, before the monitor satellite is fully destroyed. I'll go ahead and explain all this later. Um, what basically she will do. She does back that up. <laughs> That's coming. Yeah. What she basically does is she's flying into the core of the satellite where like the giant generator is. And somehow she combines with another version of herself because that that's a thing now. All versions and she of goes herself. All like, yeah. She goes like full Phoenix force and she blows up the whole place. Um, meanwhile, we're at another earth. We're back on uh, earth two where the Adam has gone ahead and taken uh, Ted Grant, the, the wildcat. And basically Ted has just been completely, you know, beating the shit out of because wildcats only power is the fact that he's just a boxer. He can't do anything else. I don't he think his legs work anymore. This stuff. Yeah, he's he's completely screwed up. I mean, he's bandaged up. There's nothing this dude could do. Uh, meanwhile, on Earth One, uh, we've got, you know, bald Lex Luthor. He's trying to go ahead and figure out what he can do. So he's gone ahead and he's uh, walking around. Next, you know, he gets zapped up into Brainiac ship. And uh, at this point, you know, he's like, ah, where am I? Who are you? Tell me, robot or I'll. And, you know, Brainiac ship, it's Brainiac ship, so he can talk through the ship. It's pretty cool. He's like, silence, Luther. We have met countless times and fought together against Superman. And uh, that's when, um, you know, he basically is like, listen, Lex, I, I had a glow up. I read Eat, Pray, Love, and I got rid of my bio- <laughs> my biological body, and I'm this Terminator dude, and we got to talk because something bad is happening, and it could affect all of us. Uh, meanwhile, we're back on Earth-X, and we've got the other heroes just running around, and I-, I call these segments just the running around, dealing with people freaking out periods. It's when you basically see a large bunch of heroes basically in a crowd of other people freaking out, and they're just trying to deal with it because they can't really be heroes when everyone is acting crazy. So you've got one guy. Um, he's this, I don't think he has a name. He's just like a, a, a he, he's this black dude with Mohawk like these flapper guy. Wing. Yeah. Yeah. Mohawk flapper guy. He's Flap basically Hawk. like, listen, everyone you're, you're killing a black Hawk. That's not on no, the nose. So, this guy said flap Hawk, but <laughs> Yeah, flat pop. So That's basically, better. this guy doesn't matter because as soon as he actually tries to stop the riot, a bunch of people throw bricks at him. So, yeah, that doesn't work out. And um, <laughs> the Freedom Force jumps in because they have to stop this obvious hate crime from occurring <laughs> as a crowd of old white people try and beat the shit out of him. And uh, <laughs> at this point, you know. Uh, Hawkman is just like horrified and next thing you know more people are just running around fighting so eventually the Freedom Force because they don't know what the hell is going on they see Hawkman and the other heroes come in so they just start fighting and uh, you know it's just pages of them just like freaking out nobody wins like this is just this is just bad Uh, meanwhile we go over and we see that the Blue Beetle has suddenly decided to come over but uh, you know he 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 can't get to the point where um, he's actually useful. Why? Because we've got Peacemaker. Some of you know Peacemaker from John Cena's role in the Suicide Squad in the upcoming James Gunn uh, Peacemaker series. We see Peacemaker. We see Judo Master. And uh, everyone's just fighting each other. Katana's there. Earth 2 Flash shows up. Basically... When you can't actually, yeah, Johnny Thunder, when you can't actually do something, just start fighting everybody. That is is comics summed up. When you're not sure what to do, just start fighting everybody. 
That's what I learned. Yeah. And at this point, it's um, it, it, it's just uh, it, it's ridiculous. So they get back to the planet and suddenly um, Shazam is there. And I think they're still calling him Captain Marvel at this point. And Captain Marvel is just not that smart because he assumes that everyone from this other planet is uh, I'm sorry, from this other Earth is evil. So obviously he's from like Earth two or another Earth. Yeah, he's he from an entirely over. different oh. Earth. He's from the what? oh, he's from he he's from the Earth where the, he's the only superhero. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's not him. It's uh because he has Mary Marvel and the whole Marvel family. He, but they're from Earth, what yeah. they call Earth S. Okay, so basically, he's just confused as dumb as fuck. So he tries to start fighting uh, Supergirl, and that fight doesn't really work out either. We get to another page where you've got Mary Marvel fighting Wonder Woman, and that just doesn't work out either. Suddenly, Black Canary's just like, you know, I'm just going to fucking make everyone go deaf. So she just starts (laughs) screaming. And uh, that doesn't make anything better because Harbinger shows up. But... Just like everything else, you got to have a good cliffhanger. We move on to the rest of the story where we're back at Earth X. We've got Citizen Steel, who's just basically a poor man's Captain America, um, you know, fighting the Freedom Force. Because, like I said, when you're from a different Earth and heroes see other heroes, the first thing you do is fight. Punch him so in the face. Uncle Sam tries. Yeah, Step because one. Uncle Sam just just freaking punches him because he has no clue what's going He's on. He's a wily old coot. Uh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Judo Master fighting Katana on Earth Four. You've got Asians got to fight the Asians. Stuff happening. Obviously. Yeah, it's it, it's an Asian thing, I guess. When you see other Asians, you have to fight to the death, or do math, or drive a car. And uh, at this point, what you basically see is that Harbinger is splitting herself amongst her different forms across all these Earths, and what she's trying to do is basically follow the monitor's plan, the one that Lex Luthor set up and try and bring everyone back into the same Lex Luthor. space. Alexander, oh, Alexander, I'm sorry, yeah. Alexander Luther. Yeah. So basically, uh, she ends up on this rock floating in space and, um, Alexander Luther is actually alive and <laughs> he wakes up and he's like, you're, you're Elijah now. I'm sorry. You're Lila. Now Harbinger is gone. You sacrificed everything to save those universes. And basically when, when she did that whole thing with her power, she basically lost her powers. So she's like, um, not everything, Alex. I fully expected to sacrifice my life. I killed him, Alex, murdered the monitor. There's no way I can possibly atone for that. He gave me a great power and I used it. And long story short, you know, she bought them some time, but it's not a lot of time. And uh, all the heroes are suddenly starting to figure this out because what happens is now the monitor is going to have to basically go and kill them for, for shit to actually happen. Uh, meanwhile, uh, because Ted Grant is basically out of commission, uh, his niece basically walks in and because she's a boxer and an acrobat and hot as hell, she <laughs> steals his costume and becomes the new wildcat. Why do we need a new wildcat? I don't know, but she looks fine and I'm not complaining about that. Weird choice for a cliffhanger. Weird choice for a cliffhanger. Yeah, but uh, I dig it. Here's a new wildcat. Tune in next week. Just seems small, small on the grand scale of things since we have universes collapsing. It's just like, okay, well, that's nice, but it's nothing more than that. Like, okay, I guess I'll buy your wildcat miniseries or something or not. Whatever. Anyway, moving on to Crisis on Infinite Earth number seven. What do you think when they do things like this? I guess it's not technically a spoiler. Well, it is technically a spoiler. I mean, Superman is on the cover of this. I am going to spoil the issue for those of you who don't know yet. Supergirl's going to die in this one. 
a real death, a for real death, a death that was real for a long number of years in comics. Now, when we read death, a for real, real death, when we read death of Superman, which came out in like 91 or 92, I believe uh, there was a Supergirl yeah. in that. That was not this Supergirl. That was some weird uh, purple alien thing that turned into something that looked like Supergirl because uh, this Supergirl was actually dead during that and was dead until I believe after Infinite Crisis is when you got a new Supergirl show up in the DCU, which was a new like version of the old Supergirl. 15 years later. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's as for, if you get five years, I'm considering you really dead at this point. But I mean, 15, that's a real death in comics at this point. You got to give them that. Because everyone's going to come back eventually by some writer sometime down the road. But anyway. Especially when their movies are set to come well, out. What do you think about them doing something like this? Where they actually, I mean, they show Superman holding dead Supergirl on the cover. And that was like a really big death, a really big deal. It even says it's a double size issue. It even says shocker inside. and But it shows you the shocker. I mean, what do you think about where they really truly spoil what should be like a really big surprising moment of the story? How many times, and we even see us say, how many times are the covers meant to mislead people? So maybe that's it. Maybe it's reverse psychology. Like, oh, well, she's not really going to well, die. Yeah, then, right? I mean, the only time the the only time it happened in comic books as, as an industry wide thing before this issue was when they killed Gwen Stacy. Mm, yeah, that's how big of a deal it is. When they killed her in Spider-Man and they put it on the cover, nobody believed it. So they bought it. And when they killed her at the end of it, it was like, holy shit. Like, oh, you were serious. Yeah. Well, they did it again here and they meant it again here uh, in, as we go into issue number seven. Comic books are like horror films. Blondes don't make it out well. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. They're usually more trouble than they're worth. Yeah. That's not a comic book commentary either. Um, issue number seven. <laughs> Uh, Lila and Alexander Luther are just trapped out on this uh, space-time rock, uh, as I call it. And who shows up? Fucking Pariah. Because why? Because that's what Pariah does. He shows up for a living. This is what he does. This is the only thing he does. He shows up and disappears and talks and whines and complains. Can you tell that I don't like Pariah at all and I really hate his existence in this story? (laughs) Um, Especially because I I always wonder, do you think he named himself Pariah because of what because of who he is and what goes on? Or do you think he was just supposed to have happened to have been called Pariah on this other earth, which we will soon learn about. Don't you worry. Uh, and then this is, and that's why we use the word Pariah because of him. I don't know. I like what they did. I, I like what they did in the CW uh, crisis on infinite earths event where they had the dude who plays like six characters in reverse flash. Sometimes oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they made him Pariah and that was a good, I think that was a good twist. Yeah. Too. Because they don't, they don't call him that when he appears, they're like, oh, which version of this guy are you? Because they're so accustomed to seeing different versions yeah. of him. And he's like, I am no one. I'm simply meant to watch a pariah of what's to come. And I'm like, oh, that shit actually made sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With it, with that one line, they made it make sense. I want to go back and watch that again. I actually really enjoyed that. That was one of the few things I've enjoyed out of the CW verse in, in years. But uh, it was it was well done. Uh, as absurd as the monitor looked. But which is true to the comics, at least. So can't complain about that. The end of the day, that Kevin Smith commentary alone after each episode where they did it like Talking Dead style, mm. that shit was cool. Oh, I'll have to check that out too. Um, but yeah, anyway, Priya shows up, so the three of them are just there chatting once again. Um, and they're all like, hey, let's go to Earth to tell them all what's going on. Um, to t- tell them all what's up. Uh, which Earth, though? There's so many, of course, that so they got to split up and go to different Earths. And this is where we get more of a breakdown of who is from these remaining Earths. Um, so you, you see a glimpse of Earth S. This is the home of like the Marvels and that whole that whole family of characters uh, from whatever uh, company they were they were from beforehand, uh, before DC acquired them. And then through this 
uh, work them Do back into Charleston? their universe. No, they're not Charleston. Charleston is the Blue Beetle verse. Whatever that's what I call the Blue Beetle verse. Right, Blue Beetle in question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Charlton. That's Charlton, it. Not Charleston. Yes, yes. Charlton. Uh, but yeah, here we see this guy, Doctor Zivana and uh, Ibago. I think is his name. Uh, who are like villains of Captain Marvel, and he comes up and is going to. Just assault them, apparently, because he's a hero. So he's just going to assault the first thing he sees. It's like, hey, you know, the whole the, all of existence is ending. So let's just find people let's and just, just start just beat each other up. You know, let's just do that immediately. Yeah, let's that's just, the last couple issues. It's like everyone just fucking fight each other. It's like, oh, there's a dinosaur. Let's fight it. You know, oh, there's a saber. There's a saber tooth. Let's punch it. Like, isn't there, you have some bigger things to figure out. There are no rules. There are no rules. This is madness. Absolute madness. So that is what that does pretty much some of this series but but uh yeah we then get another glimpse of uh they disappear and captain marvel i actually literally like dr savannah's um dr savannah's word balloon thought balloon because they're disappearing and captain marvel's like oh he's using his power to disappear and, and dr savannah is thinking to himself i have no idea what's happening but i'm not going to tell him that <laughs> this dumb idiot i'm just going to make him think that i meant to disappear like this that's what he's thinking that's the funny thing he's not thinking why am i disappearing <laughs> he's not thinking why the fuck am i disappearing he's thinking Haha, ha, this fucking moron's gonna think that I meant to disappear on purpose. <laughs> oh, it just cracked me up so much. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that's funny, but I think it's hilarious. Uh, moving on. Uh, we, yeah, so the, the, what, the reason they do disappear is not because of Dr. Savannah, it's because of Brainiac, who is also recruiting Dr. Savannah and this uh, Ebok is his name to his team along with Lex Luthor. So another team being built along in this mega mega team fest here. Uh, we then see uh, Lila is recruiting. She's there recruiting the Marvel family, which is Captain Marvel, Miss Mary Marvel, Kid Marvel. There's like there's like 18 Marvels here, uh, but they're all Dog from Marvel. Yeah, they're all Cat Marvel. All the Marvels. Jonathan Marvel, Joe Marvel, Steve Marvel, Gary Marvel, the Marvels. But um, yeah, so uh, and she's also recruiting like whether other what other heroes she can find there. Um Meanwhile, um, on Earth 2, we meet, once again, the new Wildcat. They're really pushing this new Wildcat heavy in these last couple uh, issues here. Did she? I, obviously, she never became anything big. But do you, do you know if there was any concerted push around Wildcat for some reason? No. In fact, they basically write her out of continuity after uh, Infinite Crisis. And they end up giving Ted Grant like this illegitimate son who not only goes on to become Wildcat, but he can actually turn into a freaking half man, half panther. Okay. Well, Ted is uh, I think he's actually it's as dumb as you think it is. I don't know. I don't, did they say he's dead or she just said, fuck it, his legs are broke, so I'm I'm replacing him now. So yeah, I think I think that's all it was. It was basically like that because yeah. Ted's not dead. He's just he's just crippled and old. Okay, we then go to Earth Four. Earth Four is where we have like Peacemaker and uh, Blue Beetle and that whole crew. So I think Earth Four is the Charlton universe. That's what I, that's what I'm believing. Uh, that's my understanding. And that's where Pariah. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's run with that. That's where Pariah has showed has gone to talk to um, all these heroes and basically just tell them to believe them. You know, you're now you were just fighting before because you because the psycho pirate was affecting you. But now we should all hang out and be friends and try to save the multiverse, even though we're really going to destroy the multiverse and make it one universe. And who the fuck knows what's going to happen then? No idea. But please listen to me, creepy guy that just appears and disappears and appears and disappears and appears and disappears and never shuts the fuck up. Um, so yeah, that's him. That's his pitch. We then see uh, Earth X. 
uh, where uh, Uncle Sam, yeah, Uncle Sam is actually the one, um, he's, he's pretty much the one trying to push this whole thing and push them to all to come together. So at the end of the day, Alex and the, and Alexander Luther is, is seen recruiting uh, both of the new Superman. Uh, so then Alexander Luther is basically gathered like a, uh, a bunch of these heroes, not a bunch, like it's like seven or of them, eight of them to, um, to have a little meeting on his, on his big space rock. <clears throat> and uh, basically he has the representatives of, of six. How can they breathe in space? Um, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, they can breathe everywhere here. This is what kind of, I, it shouldn't let it annoy me, but it does annoy me. Like they can always breathe no matter where they go. This is, and no matter what their powers are and no matter what, even if they should be able to breathe in space, space or not, I'll let Superman go and some other ones, but like blue beetle, blue beetle can just breathe in space. Now is that what I'm supposed to believe? He doesn't even have something covering his face. So yeah, now you've taken me completely out of the story. Now I'm just going to only be able to think about yeah. why they can breathe in space. This is this is not going to end well. I can if believe we keep Uncle. I can believe. This. I can even believe Uncle Sam can breathe in space because he was supposed to be a spirit. Actually, he was supposed to be the embodiment of a spirit in his original incarnation. Um, so I'll just ble- believe that Captain Marvel. But no, yeah, no, no. Blue Beetle cannot Man, breathe in World space. World War II propaganda got meta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, World War II propaganda got real, real quick. Um, but basically, he's gathered them because they're each representing a different universe. Lady Quark, who is the sole survivor. You think survivor, Ghost Tank can breathe in space? I have. Yes, I think he can. I don't think he needs to. But can he be heard in space? That's the question. Can his racism be heard in space? If a ghost, if a tank is racist in space and no one's there to hear it, was it really racist? Was it really a racist tank? That's the question. Um, uh, R.I.P. Ghost Tank. So until we revive him, um, Lady Quark is the sole survivor of Earth Six. So I don't know what Lady Quark's deal was. That was just not, I don't, I'm not sure the name of the company offhand. But she was part of another company that a bunch of characters uh, they owned a bunch of characters from. They decided to murder them all. Uh, we saw them. I think it was in the first or second issue uh, and Lady Quark got plucked out of that. For, so for whatever reason, they decided oh, we hate yeah. this universe, but we love Lady Quark. So Lady Quark is the sole survivor of Earth six, which no longer exists. Um, we have Superman representing Earth one, which is really more of the quote unquote main DC continuity, even though there were all these other Earths and all these other realities that were acknowledged. Uh, Uncle Sam of Earth X because that's where World War II never ended. <laughs> so wh- why they have Uncle Sam and they, he couldn't even end. His only job is to end World War II, but he couldn't fucking do it for all these years, for 42 years. I don't know. He's a government employee. Cut him some slack. That's true. He's paid by the hour, so he just kind of extended this thing. Um, Captain Marvel of Earth S. Why it's S, I have no idea. Uh, Earth 2 Superman. And then Blue Beetle. They just said Blue Beetle. I think he's, for, yeah, I think he's Earth 4, which is the Charlton universe. Can have you lost track of all these characters and all these universes? Can you see why they needed a multiversal event to get them all either all in one place or to make it clear what really this all this really ever did in the end, which we'll talk about more when we wrap it up next issue. But uh, next episode, all this really did is is it was a good event. It was a I don't know why I'm giving my closing thoughts right now halfway through the, the second episode, but it's a, it's like a great event that is historic for so many reasons, but it didn't do what it was supposed to do, which was simplify everything. It actually just led to this thing where they have to redo this every like number of years to the to the point where we are still doing it to this very day. So it led to the crisis of crises, if you will, which which I think they sell well every time. So maybe it was a good thing if that if the bottom line is uh, is your concern. 
Anyway, moving along, uh, we then get a history lesson. We finally get our history lesson from Lila, and uh, she explains this whole thing. This is a history of the Earth by Lila. She talks about how the crisis began on Oa, which is also, of course, the home to the Guardians. There was this guy who was blue, of course, because he's from Oa, and his name is Krona, and he wanted to see the beginning of the universe. And uh, people were warning him to like, you don't want to do that. That's a bad idea. And but he said, no, I don't give a I would like to see the beginning of the universe. And for whatever reason, which is not entirely clear to me, when you look, use machines of whatever kind, and you're an alien to try to look at the beginning of the universe, something bad is going to happen. And something bad did happen. Some shit cracked. And basically, the antimatter universe was formed. um, And the single universe was replicated. Uh, So now there was, so that single universe, what was the regular matter universe before, turned into the multiverse. So it split. And now you have like, this how we had these like hundreds of hundreds of universes that were being destroyed at the beginning of the crisis. And then you also have separately just the antimatter universe. Meanwhile, uh, Oa, and this is where it's explained that Oa has no doppelganger. Oa just exists. It like exists outside of, of space time, kind of. Uh, meanwhile, there is a sister planet to Oa in the antimatter matter universe called Quard. Uh, Owens, and this is where we get the history that you already described earlier in this episode of the Owens, of the Guardians. They created the Manda Hunters first to, now now they're tying this multiversal thing into the origin of the Owens, uh, kind of, you know, bringing it more into the the lore of this whole thing. Uh, So they're saying that the reason the Owens created the the Manhunters the first time was to atone for what they had done, for what this Kronos guy had done in creating the multiverse and creating the the antimatter universe. Uh, So they create these Martian, these Manhunters who, you know, they're bad, whatever. Uh, so then they go and create the do the Green Lantern thing, as you so thoroughly recapped earlier. Uh, meanwhile, these rogue Owens went to another dimension and built huge weapons. They are known as the controllers. I will we'll worry about them later. Um, this is the universe where the antimatter, uh, the anti-monitor was born, while at the exact same time, his doppelganger, the monitor, the monitor was born on the moon of Oa. At the same time, the anti-monitor was born on the moon of Quard. Um, that is your anti-monitor and a monitor origin story. Remzo, are you lost? There's more, but are you lost at all? Or are you, how are you feeling about the, the, the monitor? Man, don't, don't mess with time, people. It never Whew. works out. Whew, this one's exhausting. This one's a tough one. Um, so we get a little more history of the anti-monitor here. He created these guys called the Thunderers who kind of just look like the Hawkmen to me. I don't think they're supposed to be. I think they're just other guys with Hawk uh, wing things on their heads, nonetheless. Um, and he also made the Shadow Demons, who we saw in the early issues, who are basically his shadowy, uh, demonic uh, henchmen, so to speak. Um, he also sensed the presence of the monitor. Um, basically he he basically conquered the entire anti-monitor universe, but he could sense the presence of the monitor. So he knew that there was more to conquer there. So anti-monitor and monitor waged a war against each other across the universes. I'm not exactly sure how it just shows them shooting energy at each other. And they were just at a stalemate for like a million years. They just like shot equal traded equal power for equal power with no winner. And they were both knocked unconscious and like knocked out. And that's how they stayed for a million for nine billion years. That that ends Lila's portion of the story. But don't worry, she's going to hand the baton back to old Pariah because we sure haven't heard him talk enough at this point. And he starts to tell us his story and he tells us that he was responsible for three separate sins. Let's see if we can keep track of the three sins of Pariah. Let's, Let's give it a shot. 
Um, so Pariah lived on this other version of Earth, but a really long time ago. So I guess it was some advanced version of Earth that had, you know, he was basically just the scientist guy who once again wanted to know the be wanted to see the beginning of time. I get there's a really heavy lesson here. There's a really they're really driving home like don't try to learn your origins or like don't read get don't look for that forbidden knowledge. I, it's, it feels worry, very biblical. Be happy. It feels very biblical. You know, it's uh, stay away from the forbidden fruit, the forbidden knowledge. Uh, whenever somebody looks at the beginning of time tries to see the origin of the universe something really fucking bad happens so again uh as pariah is doing the same thing that this guy on um on oa did this chronos guy in creating the anti-monitor he's now doing something else trying to see the beginning i don't get what this big thing is about why why trying to see the beginning of time causes things to collapse maybe because it's like because it's cool mark because it's cool i guess it's some kind of paradox like if you're seeing the birth of the universe then yeah i don't know whatever because comics let's just move on um, yeah, so basically he's going whatever he did. Uh, he was being warned by this, uh, his assistant, Sandra, but he ignored her because she's a woman. So he went on to continue to make uh, this antimatter <laughs> chamber, which is supposed to allow him to go in and to uh, view the view beginning of the be the beginning of the universe. Um, but whatever he did actually did something bad and destroyed his own universe. Oopsie daisy. Um, so the and the explosion um, while he was doing that, the explosion caused the antimonitor to be released uh so the anti-monitor kind of sprung free and this is the moment where the anti-monitor died or no when the anti-monitor realized that as positive matter died like as this universe died as this guy's universe died uh he grew more powerful because the 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 matter the positive matter was being replaced by the anti-monitor's antimatter uh which is just an extension of himself essentially so as as matter dies as positive universes die uh, the anti-monitor gets more powerful, which is why he is out there destroying universes. So uh, basically the monitor was using pariah to find universes at this point before they died. So basically like the, the uh, pariah was whatever happened with pariah here in his universe dying, he had, he was plucked away by the monitor and then he could detect when universes were about to die. So that's why he would just appear somewhere. I'm just trying my best to explain this, but it, they really don't, don't make any sense of it, but because it's not, not exactly clear why he appears in universes right before they die or why he can sense these things. Um, or if the monitor just if something else is just carrying him around to universes or if the monitor is literally deciding where to send him but that wouldn't make sense because he said that he was using him to figure out which universes were dying i don't know but the point is for some reason <laughs> pariah just parades around universes right before they die and the monitor uses him as like a homing beacon essentially for what? Nothing, because all the all the universes were dying the whole time anyway. So I don't even. I still don't see. He's like can, a bitchy silver surfer. Can you tell why I hate Pariah? Can you tell that I hate Pariah? I just can't stand no guy. And then what about Lila? Well, we now hear, need to hear Lila's story as uh, Superman inquires. He's like, "So, Lila, how do you fit into all this thing? Uh, random lady who uh, turns into multiversal versions of all herself into a d- totally different person and destroyed that guy that brought us here in the first place. You, how do you fit into all this?" And basically, while the monitor was scanning universes looking for heroes, he found not a hero, but just some random girl who was drowning and decided to save her and I guess give her powers. They never even really mentioned that, but she has powers and they don't explain any other ways she can get powers. So I guess monitor gave her powers. That's the explanation for Lila. Cool. So he's just some random chick that he picked up, basically. 
Um, meanwhile, we see the Spectre and the Phantom Stranger talking to Dead Man, and uh, they are all just saying, and Spectre's kind of saying like why they're not going to be able to to jump in. Uh, we're just basically seeing all these different heroes talk about uh, what's going on uh, across a bunch of different uh, Earths, basically. Uh, let's see. We say, oh yeah, Kid Glowworm. I, I forget who calls him that. Uh, somebody called uh, Alexander Luther K- Kid Glowworm, which I thought was a pretty, a pretty, uh, pretty appropriate nickname for him. But basically, he is the bridge between dimensions. Um, Pariah is going to basically lead them through what they don't call it this here because it's not it's not actually called this until after DC acquires Wildstorm uh, because it was in the pages of Stormwatch where they had uh, what's called the Source Wall or the Bleed. So this isn't that yet, but I think retroactively it is because it basically looks the same and they're calling it, they call it something very similar. So I think they just kind of worked in, this retroactively worked in the concept of this being this sort of bridge between worlds, the Source Wall, what protected the multiverse uh, from the Antimonder is basically this wall. That's kind of uh, the current DC lore. So while it's not called that, it's certainly here. And uh, Pariah is the one guiding them through it to go take the fight to the monitor, to the anti-monitor directly, I should say. So they are on the way to the anti-monitor's fortress. And it is crazy. Um, while they're all there, like all these heroes are showing up and the place just starts attacking them like little, like little, um, you know, like, like rock bot, like rock creatures and stuff started coming out from the, from the planet itself or the satellite itself. And it's just a crazy battle. There's just the craziness going on. Um, uh, <laughs> psycho pirate is getting bitch slapped as, as tends to happen to him a lot in his relationship, uh, his very tumultuous relationship, uh, with the anti-monitor. Um, old Superman is bleeding. That's like, that's like how they're showing you like not just it's not just like how bad the heroes are getting beat up but they're also kind of like losing their powers like superman and supergirl are kind of talking about how their powers are kind of like fading in certain ways so like whatever because it's because they're in the anti anti-matter universe now um where like the rules of physics and the laws of whatever this and that um don't exactly work the same way they do for us so all these heroes while they're trying to uh wage this battle are also going through all sorts of uh all sorts of issues with their powers along the way so it's just it's just mayhem and uh disaster uh, galore um i also there's a line here just, uh, supergirl says like you may think super breath is a is a lame power but it comes in handy sometimes and i just made a note yes super breath is a lame power um pariah also disappears um, with Dr. Light. He, he thinks she's dead, but you know, he just, doesn't know, she doesn't know this guy that well. doesn't know he disappears all the time. It's kind of his thing. Um, now Antimonder has actually emerged and is actually out like fighting in person himself. Like before it was just kind of the planet fighting for him, but now it's actually him in a sort of a, a corporeal form. Uh, he's fighting against Dr. Light and Superman. Uh, Supergirl is then just goes crazy. She decides she's just taking charge and she goes nuts. Like it, it is just her moment. She goes nuts and went to protect uh, old Superman and um and she and and she actually says regular superman like she's like protecting both the superman so they're they're really making a big deal out of her here and she is just going nuts on the monitor to the point that eventually like this is like a a fight over several pages here eventually like she just destroys his body like so at the end uh like her he has no body left at all but he does get one last blast in on her because he she like turns around uh, for one second makes it makes literally a fatal mistake and he just blasts her away and so the anti-monitor has no body he gets away uh by moving his energy basically into like a spaceship basically and just takes off so he's still alive but she destroyed his body she did she did get a pretty good you know she she 
she put, took his plan off the rails, uh, but did pay a price. And the price was with her life for as about as real as it gets, as we said, about as real as it possibly gets in comics. Uh, and um, yeah, so then the, the next several pages, we just get these characters kind of, um, we see, uh, we actually see her entire funeral and everything, but we see them back on the earth. We see the reporters reporting on it and the sacrifice she made and everything. So we've kind of taken a break from the battle to actually, um, you know, celebrate the life of Supergirl. Uh, Superman then has a little ceremony of his own at the Forges of Solitude. And then he takes her off to space and I guess is going to just throw her into the sun or I, it's not clear what he's going to do, but he's going to, he's Man, getting Kryptonian a customs. Yeah. Are weird. She's getting a burial at space. Apparently, but uh, that ends, ends issue seven featuring the dramatic death of Supergirl. What'd you think? It's dramatic. All right. And there's a lot of stuff. This is probably one of the heftier issues in terms of all the backstory for Pariah, the anti-monitor, Oa, everyone. Yeah. This is so basically we'll everything ahead here. Yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode with the last issue for today. We're over at episode eight, and this cover doesn't look any less omnipotent than what huh. we saw earlier with uh, Barry Allen, the Flash, holding a defeated psycho pirate standing in front of uh, the anti-monitor. So things are just getting darker for our heroes. We see that the um, that the Flash is basically still held hostage while psycho pirate is still still throwing out his crazy psycho energy into the multiverse to keep the heroes at bay. Now he, at this point he thinks that the anti-monitor is dead. So he's wondering, Oh, what am I going to do now? Am I going to go ahead and like, am, am I a failure? Like what, what happened? Like he's dead, but you know, he's, he's not dead because you can't destroy energy. That's the one thing I remember from science class. You cannot mm-hmm. create or destroy matter. And, um, this is just science friends. The, yeah. The, the anti-monitor comes back and basically, Psycho Pirate is like, what? I mean, look, look at you. I mean, he's he's changing. He comes in a, like a smaller person in a form of energy. And slowly he turns into his giant metal, scary self. And, you know, Psycho Pirate is like, uh, you don't look the same. What gives? And then he slowly turns back into himself. And he's like, ah, Supergirl destroyed my outer shell. She almost destroyed me. It took time to construct a new presence around me. But I am ready now. We will land on Quard. And from there, we shall destroy the remaining Earths. So now you basically understand that if Supergirl wasn't able to kill the Anti-Monitor, it's going to be hard for really anyone else to. At this point, we're over on the planet Apocalypse, and we see the Sod talking to Darkseid, and he's like, great Darkseid, look, it is, it is the one who we heard about, the one who destroyed all those universes. We, how, what, what can we do to stop him, great one? And Darkseid so so freaking badass and stoic. He's just like looking out, doing his thing, and he's like, "Silence, you're sniveling, Desaad. I have already taken certain precautions. That monitor indeed possesses the power to destroy even harsh apocalypse. But I have diverted all our energy to cloak our presence. Let Earth's heroes battle the interloper to the death. Should they be victorious, the status quo will be maintained. Should the intruder win, he will certainly be weaker for the battle and." it shall be truly simple for me to see him destroyed with patience shall come victory remember that lesson to sod it has served me well throughout eternity and that's just like like what i love about a dark size everyone thinks he's just like the giant big muscly guy but he's the smart he objectively is the smartest being in the dc universe he genuinely is and that's what makes him so uh you know so dangerous so now we're back on Oa 
and the Green Lantern Corps, half of them being killed and everything else, they're they're kind of pissed at the Guardians. They're like, you people started this and you're trying to let everyone else clean up your shit? That's not cool. Uh, meanwhile, we're back in the 30th century on Earth-1, and the Legion of Superheroes are basically just like, ah, you know, everything is just basically coming to an end, and this, uh, th- this isn't looking good. Obviously, the heroes in the 20th century aren't doing much better. Now we're back in the 20th century. And, uh, you know, we see that the heroes are starting to kind of, you know, collect themselves, especially after the death of uh, Supergirl. Meanwhile, uh, a couple of the Justice League members and a few others, they go ahead and they've been able to get Red Tornado's body. And what they realize is that he has, in fact, actually been corrupted by a psycho pirate and the anti-monitor. That's why he was fighting them earlier. And it's... um, uh, the Adam who's able to actually go in and perform like a microscopic surgery to actually help him out. Meanwhile, um, you know, the, the heroes are really just trying to collect more of what's going on. You see, uh, as they're trying to basically fix Red Tornado, there's a bomb inside of him. And as they go ahead and uh, <laughs> basically remove his head, he explodes. And that's just kind of crazy <laughs> and um you know because i never thought he would explode that way uh meanwhile you've got a few other guys that pop in like blue devil uh John yeah, this Stewart, blue devil Green appearance Lantern. is so weird <laughs> yeah like, i, I want to talk more about him but it's one of those things where it's like i feel like some characters are just kind of thrown in just to kind of be thrown in like they keep remembering characters that haven't appeared yet they're like oh we haven't put oh shit we gotta put blue devil in here get him on have him on the beach have john stewart go get him yeah meanwhile um Anti-Modder is kind of like building up his his own satellite that he's going to use to basically summon more anti-energy that he needs to go ahead and actually, uh, you know, pull off destroying the multiverse. Meanwhile, the Flash is able to escape and he goes over and just starts like beating the shit out of Psycho Pirate. He's like, you don't know what I've seen, man. Like, this has been one of the worst things that's happened to my life. And he just like continues to beat the living crap out of him. Meanwhile, we, we've got this this dude. I don't know who this dude is. He looks like one of the Hawk people from Flash Gordon. Yeah, he's one of the Thunderers. That's what I was saying before. Like when with um, anti monitors, like these guys, he, he they were the first guys he made to be like before he made the Shadow Demons, he made these Thunderers. And I was like, they look like the Hawk guys. So it's, he's just one of these guys that because basically Flash Flash beats up Psycho Pirate and tells him you got to make these guys go crazy and want to kill anti monitor. So he's just the first one. Yeah, so so at this point, the the Flash is just beating the absolute shit out of Psycho Pirate, and the Thunders are actually p- putting a, putting up a pretty good fight against the Anti Monitor. But that's when he goes down to the center of his satellite, and what he sees is that this giant weapon in the middle of it that's going to go ahead and uh, you know draw this concentrated antimatter is the source power, basically. Um, at this point, Flash is like, you know, this is unstoppable. And remember what I said about science? You can't just go ahead and create stuff. Well, what he's trying to do is he's going to try and use his speed force to run against the current to try and make it basically break apart. He's like, if it's flowing in one direction and I can tap into that power and use my own speed force to go in the other direction, maybe I'll just be able to nullify it. So what he starts doing is um, he starts, you know, running and running as fast as he can. And at this point, 
um, the anti-monitor has an idea of what the Flash is doing. He's kind of banged up and he's like, oh, my gosh, like he's going to destroy all this and he's going to die in the meantime. So what ends up happening is that he, he wants to get to the point where he can eventually jump off this loop he's running in, but he can't like he's stuck in it. And what it's doing is it's rapidly aging him to the point where he literally just like disintegrates into dust and ash and this is when we apparently see that the flash is dead and i I like that we see too as he goes back we see points in time that we've seen him we've seen him showing up uh with wally we see him showing up in that scene with the joker and the batman so now we see that was this that was actually it was not the flash before it was actually this future version of the flash traveling back through these time through time and appearing in these in these other moments as he went back through time slowly dying or not slowly dying quickly dying yeah it's 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 very tragic because they don't put this in a way where you think it's really like is he dead dead or is he like you know dead for now and you know it's 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 pretty apparent yeah they show him like disappearing into not into non-existence of course jeff johns will correct this but not from again this is another dead dead i mean this this lasted longer than supergirl really uh like i think it was actually it was 2009 2010 it was final it was final crisis where he came back uh and then jeff johns did the whole uh, rebirth explaining that he was actually just stuck in the speed force and not actually dead yeah meanwhile which sounds dumber than it was it was actually really well done probably story we'll probably look at at some point yeah meanwhile the the challengers of the unknown who are on earth one who are the challengers of the unknown uh they're basically one of dc's many attempts of like shield just put it that way Mm -hmm. they start to notice that something has happened all their satellites and other 80s technology they're just starting to they're supposed to be the guys in charge and they're just they just are figuring it out that something's going on (laughs) they 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 kind of suck what have they been doing this whole time hey Something is up and it's even stranger than before. And long story short, um, the specter who is basically a ghost angel demon eternal like figure, um, he's been trying to actively try and keep the multiverse from being torn apart. But all this stuff happening has caused such a strain on him he's actually losing what grip he has on reality and it's literally ripping him apart so now it's at the point where we're down to like the final thread of what's keeping these five planets together and uh the specter ain't doing all that great and that is what ends this issue indeedy and that will end this week's episode as we conclude the second part of our look at crisis on infinite earths for the second week in a row we don't have anything to grade but we can give our general thoughts how do you feel after these especially these last two issues featuring some quite dramatic and quite important deaths in the grand scheme of dc history um even even though both these characters do eventually come back again these are deaths that had impact these are deaths that actually did matter uh that did matter for a long long time over like 15 years up each so i mean there again as close to real as you can possibly get how are you feeling after we're in this really into what really is the meat of the story it's it's very overwhelming at times but in terms of killing off supergirl who was probably in her height uh, uh, who was at her height in popularity as well as the flash barry allen um you know dc set out to create the crossover event big you know climactic crazy story that could surpass marvel's secret wars 
And uh, they did. Now, while there were some, you know, switch ups and things that came out of Secret Wars, I don't want to discount that. Uh, This is definitely DC saying we're going to go harder, we're going to go longer, and we're going to do stuff that's impactful. And uh, they have certainly achieved that just with what we've read so far of these eight issues. Indeedy, indeedy. I mean, it's these are really the impact issues of the series here, where we see the actual. I mean, we I guess we've seen entire worlds and universes saw all of Earth three die. uh, very summarily in the first issue, but now we're actually losing characters that really mattered and were really big parts of the DC universe. I mean, especially the flash. Yeah, Not I mean, nobody just... cried for ghost tank. Yeah, no, sadly enough, nobody did cry for ghost tank, but people were crying for Barry Allen. People were cr- crying for Supergirl. I know that they had made the decision to kind of move into Wally West as being the main flash. So there was an easy replacement there. Uh, more surprising to me is just the removal of Supergirl altogether, even though again, it wasn't this Supergirl, but it wouldn't be that long before they would bring back a Supergirl because hey, they just can't resist, you know. Uh, but the, but in terms of impact, I mean, this is it. This is the meat of the story. Uh, obviously, we're we're racing to our thrilling conclusion, but these issues are where I think things went from just like this is an amazing event to like, Oh, this is kind of cool to like, Oh, this is legit. This is serious. Like this is actually historic. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm excited for these last couple issues next week where, I mean, what, what, what I will say is kind of a teaser for those of you that haven't read this before is that if these issues are basically, uh, you know, the big fight, the last handful we're going to look at is basically DC setting the new rules for how things are going to work for at least, you know, the next couple of years, because we're going to have another crisis level event. We're going to have uh, three official crisis books that come out after this. And then once we get into the the metal series, you know, Dark Ages and then Death Metal, um, you know, what we're seeing now is that each of these crises they, they reset things and they're slowly course correcting themselves over time to the point where we get now in our current day and age where there are no more crises. And at least as DC has put it, the, the rules are final. So that means that everything matters now more than ever before. But everything starts here. Well, we all know nothing is final in comics, so I'll, I'll take that Never. one with a grain of salt. But it, <laughs> but final can mean 10 years, you know, finals final for now. <laughs> final while these guys I are in charge. Reboot. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's about it. So you got, got to come back next week, my friends. And if you want to come back faster than everybody else, if you want to hear the next edition before the rest, before the plebeians, before the regulars, as we call them, uh, you can support us, help us grow this community, help us grow this podcast by supporting us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash second print pod. Again, all sorts of bonus shows. You got Remzo Ranch. You got the Hawkeye recaps. Now you got what Mark missed. You got whatever other random crap we decided to toss up there and talk about. You get it all for as little as five bucks a month or more. If you want to be, say, a Kirby Cub Club level producer like we are doing right after we're done with Crisis, we'll be doing our next Kirby Club episode. Uh, You can join us for monthly calls uh, when I remember to show up, when I don't oversleep uh, and uh, so many more perks (laughs) again over at Patreon.com slash Second Print Pod. Remzo, any final words? Remember, folks, across the multiverse, one thing remains true from me to you. Read comics and And change change the world. Good night, America. Adios.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.